Greetings, everybody. I'm Fire Lotus, and welcome to my podcast. So, this has been a while. Um, I think it's been roughly almost a month since I've posted anything. That has to do with a couple of reasons. Uh, I did get sick, not with what's currently going around, uh, just the common crud, basically. But I'm back to better, but um, that kind of took out of me, so... That's one of the reasons I've kind of went MIA. Not to mention, I have been um, working on my TikToks. I have two of them, Fire Lotus the Witch and then Fire Lotus the Witch 2.0. And then on top of that, I've been doing my lives on my Facebook page, Fire Lotus the Witch. Um, And then here recently, I've been doing a special on Oracle Readings. Um, $15 gets you a 10 card pull and then $25 gets you a full reading. Um, and I do that via my Facebook message and my Instagram messages or even email. So if you would be curious in that, um, just email me at firelotusthewitch at gmail.com and we can set something up there. So I've been definitely busy with that and doing some custom spells And then on the home front, I'm currently in the process of redoing my craft room slash recording studio slash office. Um, Finally got a bookshelf so I can put all of my books in their little bitty places. Um, But I wanted to talk about some of the things that have kind of been going on online specifically with like the witchy pagan community um, thanks to the Tickety Talk app. So, there's been a huge, huge debate on what's closed, what's open, and I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, Traditionally, though, a what would consider something to be a closed practice would basically be, A, you have to be of that culture, or B, you have to be initiated in in some way, shape, or form. That is the basis behind what is a closed practice and what is not. Um... So, yeah, that's all I'm going to really say on that because there's been a lot of stuff. I've been tested a couple of times with my wards. That was fun. Um, So, yeah, but with that being said, I had a huge discovery um, recently, and it's kind of like it floored me when I I had it. Um, If you've been keeping up with me for a while, you know that I will scream to the top of the clouds with one of the best Appalachian folk magic, well, not one of the best, but one of my favorite Appalachian folk magic books. No, I would say it was one of the best ones, uh, which is Backwoods Witchcraft by Jake Richards. That is an amazing book. And when I was reading that book and the way he wrote it, to me, it's like going up into the mountains and visiting, you know, a long lost cousin that you haven't seen in years or you've never met. And them just kind of taking you along for a ride, you know, introducing you to people, introducing you to certain areas and stuff like that. It felt very familiar to me. Almost there were a couple of chapters to where I was basically just reliving aspects of my childhood and I could never figure out why. Until about a week and a half ago. For some reason, the Appalachian Mountain region was trending on Twitter. So, of course, you know, me being obsessed with Appalachia, I did some digging and investigation. With that, I found a map. That map showing how far and how many states the Appalachia mountain range is in. 
And holy shit, did I have a eureka moment. So, if you grew up in Alabama, you know, sweet home Alabama, which I did, um, some of the northern states up to, like, Tennessee, bordering Georgia, they're actually known as the Southern Valley or the foothills to the Appalachians. And the county that I was born and raised in was in that area. And it kind of made a lot of things make more sense. Because, see, what you have to understand is in Appalachia, the magic practices that they have, they're not really considered magic there. It's just a way of life. Um, whether that's praying the Lord's Prayer over a candle seven times or, you know, multiple different things. But to them, it's just a way of life. It's a way to get by. Um, it's a way to survive. And growing up, I had that instilled in me. I would, I never kind of fit in with my own age group. I was always that youngin that was hanging out with the older people. And one of the reasons that is, is because I loved hearing their stories, the history, the old wise tales, the old folk, uh, folk tales. And I don't know. It, it, I never actually realized that I did grow up in the Appalachian Mountain Range. And now that I've been in my own practice for 18 years, especially within the past four years where I took a dramatic turn versus working wholly and solely with deities to now I work with a few deities. But other than that, I specifically work with my ancestors and my spirit guides. And it's changed everything, but with that comes a lot of questions that I get asked. You know, what if you're adopted? What if you have family members that you don't want to associate with? Um, and it, it it's very simple. You, you don't actually have to know your family to work with your ancestors because they're part of you. Whether you know, know them or not, they are 100% part of you. Now, working with your ancestors, it it's... They will definitely show you some things. Um, but now working with them, you're not enslaving them. You're not, you know, getting them to do something they don't want to do. Because trust me, I have done multiple different types of magical workings where my ancestors were like, nope, I don't want any part of this. And I'm just going to sit on the, uh, the sidelines and we're going to see when karma bites you in your ass. Which is funny because I don't even believe in karma. I believe in the ripple effect, similar to the butterfly effect but not actually karma. But it is an extremely powerful thing to know that, you know, you're not constantly surrounded by your ancestors, as in they're not constantly 24 hours hanging out with you. But when you need them, they're there. When you need that strength, they're there. And it's also affected me in multiple different areas because as I started working with them more, I realized that if I insult myself in any way, shape, or form, I'm also insulting my ancestors because I am a part of them and they are a part of me. And it's it's an amazing thing to see how just incorporating your ancestors into your magical practice bleeds off into other areas of your life. And it's honestly also amazing, and I know I keep saying that, it's just one of the only words that are coming to mind um, and I still work with my deities off and on. Uh, I have not got to a point where I actually incorporate prayers from the Bible into my practice. Haven't 
got to that point yet, but I do, I currently have four Bibles in here next to my craft books because whether if I fit the narrative or believe in what that book says, it's still a holy text. It's not the original holy text, of course. It's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of an edited copy, but in general, some of my ancestors did believe in that wholeheartedly. And it was so weird because there had been plenty of times in my life where I'm like, you know, why am I the only magic practitioner that's alive that I'm aware of in my family? And we're going to tie back around to me finding out that the region that I grew up in was part of the Appalachia chain. Um, and with that, that was when I realized and learned and then reading other books, um, Jake Richard's second book, Doctoring the Devil... Um, Southern Cunning, New World Witchery, which that's New World Witchery is just a, an amazing book of just pure American folklore, which is also can be termed folk magic. Um, so highly check those books out if you can. But it, I learned that, like I said before, I do have magical practitioners. They just weren't called magical practitioners. They were called yard, uh, yard doctors and faith healers and um, cunning women and folk, and yeah, so that's kind of where my spirituality and my journey has been. Um, I am planning on getting back to doing these uh, regularly like I was before with my interviews, and speaking of interviews, you should totally go check out Gathering at the Graveyards on Spotify, because part one to a two-part interview with me, being the person being interviewed, is up there now, and part two will be hopefully recorded Monday or Tuesday of next week. So you should totally go check that out. Um, but I do have a bunch of people on the list of people that I want to interview. I have multiple other ideas of what I'm going to do. Um, I have another side project that I'll be launching very soon. So, yeah, you know, I just wanted to kind of stop and check in. Um, I am still currently editing the meta, uh, the meditation video that, I mean, episode that I'm going to have out. Um, it's just home life. There's been a lot of go, a lot of changes and a lot of things going on too. So, you know, just like the moon, sometimes we got to find that perfect balance of everything. But, uh, yeah, so for everyone who has listened to an episode or binge listen to some of them thank y'all so so much uh it means the world to me um and i'm not going anywhere i promise i will be returning probably for season three um but i did have to take a small break and you know re-get my barons and make sure i don't burn myself out uh yeah so that's kind of currently what's going on um i don't have a date yet of my next interview but as soon as I do, I will let y'all know. And if you're not already, follow me on another type of social media, if you can. Uh, whether that's my Facebook page, two Instagrams, them being Fire Lotus the Witch and then Fire Lotus the Witch Podcast. Or my TikToks, or even my YouTube, just to make sure you know, you know what's going on and everything. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be short, sweet, and simple. Um, but yeah, there's an update. And like I said, I will be back very soon.